yeah, that uh, it's the mentality is not there to abide by government mandates or even suggestions. So, yeah. Yeah. If you're all set, Kenny, I'm good on this end. I'm good. If I, if I sound okay, I'm ready. You, you sound are. great. Here we go in three, two, one. Well, somebody's about to get pounded. This is way over our heads. It's a weather and climate podcast. I'm Jim Dubois. Kenny Blumenfeld's a climatologist. Uh, Kenny, were you kind of roused from your sleep in the early morning hours of Tuesday, August 24th? by rumbling and the sound of something we haven't heard very often this spring and summer, raindrops, and in my case, a Noah weather radio awakened me before the uh, the storm actually got here. Yeah, I'm glad that you have that uh, available. Uh, everybody should have a Noah weather radio just like you have a, just like you have a smoke detector because, you know, when the storms come up in the middle of the night, how else are you going to know? And sometimes... You need to get to safety. So, yeah, Jim, I uh, I woke up to the sound of thunder and uh, rain. And then when I looked out the window, there was some wind, too. Uh, it was quite a storm. And so, uh, you know, and it dropped some decent precipitation across parts of southern Minnesota, uh, right around an inch in most of the Twin Cities area. But areas to the south uh, got anywhere from an inch and a half to three inches of rain, um, not far from Northfield over towards Red Wing and then out into parts of Sibley and Renville County. So it was a, a nice uh, rainfall event. And of course, there had been some some other rains over the past week in parts of northwestern Minnesota. So uh, not a bad week, uh, it, at least in the context of the dry conditions, has not so far been a bad week. Well, here in the backyard rain gauge, we had 1.22 inches of rain on Tuesday morning, and probably the most dramatic indication of the power of that rainfall was the effect on Minnehaha Creek, which happens to flow right behind our house. And I had taken a photo, literally standing in the creek bed the day before, that would be Monday, August 23rd, and it was virtually entirely dry. And I took another photo in the exact same location, although not standing in the creek bed, because the creek bed now had water in it and water flowing at a pretty impressive rate. So that to me was, uh, even beyond what I saw in my rain gauge, that really drove home just how impactful that rain was. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, you know, Minnehaha Falls had been basically shut off. I mean, it was reduced to just a, a trickle, like a, you know, like a faucet leak, essentially, uh, over the weekend. And so to have it flowing and raging, I, I think the falls would probably be on the very low end of of what's kind of normal uh, the day after that rain. But uh, it's good to know that the creek came back to life a little bit anyway. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. Well, Kenny, was that kind of the debut performance of a series of uh rainfall events and possibly severe weather events we will see over the next several days yeah it's a that's a good way of putting it uh jim it's i i would say that the uh you know so that was but tuesday then we kind of took wednesday off didn't have much and now on thursday when we're recording this uh we're kind of looking ahead to a fairly intense rainfall event in parts of southern minnesota don't know exactly where there's 
all kinds of uncertainty, even just hours ahead of it. Um, and then, and then kind of a, you know, on and off fairly busy weekend covering a little bit more of the state. So, yeah, I think that, you know, you could say that that was, uh, Roman numeral one or I, and now, and then, and then the main event is right now is going to ha happen Thursday afternoon and evening and overnight. And then there'll be other follow-up events. I mean, these all have some potential for severe weather, but, you know, I think meteorologically the most interesting aspect is the, the, the potential for the first system, the one on Thursday night, to produce some extraordinary rainfall amounts. Are we talking the possibility of flash flooding in certain areas? I, I think that's accurate. Um, you know, there's a little bit of a disconnect in some of the official products that we're seeing. And when we say products, of course, we're talking about uh, basically the way that the weather gets summarized by some official forecasting entity, usually part of the National Weather Service. And uh, one of the products that we look at a lot, that anybody who follows the weather looks at, is this uh, excessive rainfall risk. And it actually is very similar to the severe weather risk categories that the Storm Prediction Center uses. This is a different uh, arm within NOAA. It's called the Weather Prediction Center. It used to be the Hydro Meteorological Prediction Center, but I think that that wasn't very that wasn't very friendly to lay populations, so they changed it to the Weather Prediction Center. But they do most of the the large area rainfall forecasting, and they have uh, they have much of Minnesota, southern half or so of Minnesota, and then the northern half or so of Iowa, and the western third or so of Wisconsin in a slight risk for excessive rainfall. When they say excessive rain, they mean rain that exceeds the current flash flood guidance. And what that means is that the rainfall rates, there's a slight chance uh, that the rainfall rate, and that would be a 10 to 20% chance that rainfall rates would actually uh, be high enough to cause, uh, to exceed capacity and cause some flash flooding. The reason I said that there's a disconnect is I think that, that that slight risk area that they're using actually is also being used to express some uncertainty. We don't know exactly where the heaviest rains will be, but some of the some of the models, Jim, have been showing very, very high rainfall totals, uh, up to you know eight, nine inches in narrow swaths. And of course, these swaths have been anywhere from central Iowa up to central Minnesota. And so that's the uncertainty is we don't know exactly where the heaviest rain will be. If, it, if I had to guess, it would be somewhere along or south of that western arm of the Minnesota River into southern into far southern Minnesota. And it might not be as high as, you know, some of those models might be getting a little bit carried away, but the, there's a lot of moisture in the atmosphere. And so uh, the conditions are at least supportive for some training thunderstorms. Those are the repeat thunderstorms that kind of form and move over the same areas. And, uh, and also for very high rainfall rates during those thunderstorms. So, you know, we could be looking at a major flood event in uh, at least a small area. And of course, this is inside one of the driest summers we've had in a long time. So it's kind of surreal to be talking about it. Now, when we're running a significant soil moisture deficit as we are this summer, what happens when it rains heavily? Now, we would 
tend to think that if the soil is dry, it might absorb the rain like a sponge, but the reality may be something very different. Uh, is it like the first inch of rain maybe will be absorbed like a sponge and then any rainfall amount beyond that begins to run off? I, I mean, it seems almost counterintuitive because you would logically think if soil was saturated with moisture, then additional rains would run off. But, but it sounds like the contrary might be the case. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, honestly, there's going to be soil physicists and hydrologists who, who probably understand these processes better than I do. But I think the harder it rains, well, first of all, when it's really dry, we've seen this before, too, when it's really dry and you have dry, dusty topsoil, which is certainly the case in some parts of Minnesota, then actually the first thing that happens is the heavy rain doesn't even soak into that topsoil, it just washes it away. And uh, that's definitely not great, not something that you want. So you actually get some erosion from the heavy rain because there's nothing kind of binding the topsoil down to the rest of the profile. But beyond that, it kind of depends on the rainfall rate. You know, if we were to get a really slow, uh, you know, if we were to get several inches of additional rain, but say distributed over a month, which is kind of what the DNR, that's, um, sort of the DNR's message that, you know, if we made up five to eight inches over the course of a month, that would significantly alleviate drought conditions because over the course of a month, there's probably enough time for the soils to absorb a, a, a lot of that moisture. I think another way you could look at it is, you know, rather than getting it all at once, you'd prefer to have it over a, a prolonged period of weeks or even months, but, uh, so when you get it all at once, I don't know what the exact quantity is that goes in. It's going to be determined by the rate, but you're going to get some of the moisture into the soil, but it can only go in so fast. And so then what doesn't make it into the soil while sort of waiting to, to percolate down, that is then going to uh, start forming puddles and start running off. And that's when you get extra, and especially in urban areas where you have more pavement than soil, um, you're going to see a lot of runoff if if it's if it's raining really hard. So I don't know the exact answer, Jim, but I would say, you know, if you are getting several inches of rain in a 24 hour period, uh, don't expect the majority of it to go in to you know, replenish your groundwater and, and your soil moisture, but expect a lot of it to, to run off instead. So in other words, if we're thinking this great rainfall that's coming is going to pull us out of the drought situation, not going to happen, correct? Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's certainly going to have the potential to undo or at least maybe start reducing some of those major deficits in whichever areas get hit the hardest. I think that the, the long-term deficits numerically might get reduced or even in small areas erased, but that wouldn't necessarily end the drought for those people because again those are just precipitation deficits it doesn't account for the this you know we've had months and months and months to deplete soil moisture and to deplete the groundwater the aquifers those kind of underwater lakes or underground lakes and we've had months and months and months to drop the river and stream and lake levels and that's going to all take time to get back and those are, of course, the major indicators of drought. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, pin your hopes on getting out of drought with one event. 
um, even if the numbers in small areas do support you know, the, the deficit being gone. Remember, if it rains really hard somewhere uh, within a few days, that all that water that fell or a lot of that water that fell is gonna be off in some stream or river 500 miles away. So uh, it's, you know, it, it's not entirely local. Well, Kenny, we are recording this. <clears throat> is that all right? Well, Kenny, we are recording this on the morning of Thursday, August 26th, and it looks like uh, for each of the next three days, we in parts of Minnesota are going to have the risk of severe weather, and it, it looks like from the forecast discussions from the National Weather Service that all modes of severe weather potentially might come into the mix. So what do you think? Is this going to be pretty isolated, uh, popping up in uh, very isolated areas, or could it be something on a grander scale? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, for Thursday, the Storm Prediction Center definitely is looking at the Minnesota-Iowa border as having the highest risk. And that's the area that's going to be the warmest, have the most instability. And that's the area where I think the, the strong winds in particular uh, from a squall line would, would tend to be most likely. Uh, and that's also seems to be the case for uh, as we get into Friday, because there will be an, an additional round of storms. But there's on both of those days, there's a marginal risk for severe weather that does extend up into the Twin Cities area roughly. Um, so yeah, I think that that's, and then, uh, and then we get into the weekend and it appears that we have another risk for severe weather on Saturday afternoon. And that covers more of Minnesota. That, that covers the St. Cloud and Twin Cities area. And this, of course, will change also uh, as we get more information and as some, of the, as some of the forecast confidence increases on where the storms will be. But uh, yeah, I think that in addition to heavy rains, over the next three days, you're going to see the potential for some storms to produce hail, high winds, and and even isolated tornadoes. Um, the the winds aloft on the, especially in central and northern Minnesota, are actually pretty strong, and that would be conducive to organizing some of the thunderstorms so that they could either form really large, powerful storm complexes, or even in some cases become supercell thunderstorms. Uh, the only real limitation there is that where those strongest winds aloft uh, occur, we might not see the most instability, might be a little cool, not quite humid enough. And so, um, so there's not a perfect match there, but it looks like a busy kind of active weekend. I would say the biggest rainfall event looks like it would be Thursday into Friday morning, where there is a potential for some flash flooding and very heavy rains, at least in narrow axes of, of um, southern Minnesota somewhere, with maybe, maybe a more general one to two inch soaking of rain type event surrounding that, uh, generally in the southern third, maybe southern half of Minnesota, but then additional rainfall chances as we get into Friday afternoon, uh, and then again on Saturday afternoon. And we, uh, you know, might take a couple days off and get back in business again on uh, uh, as we get into next week. So it's a busy, active time. Well, definitely keep an eye on the sky and an ear to your favorite source or an eye to your favorite source of weather information and be aware of the potential for severe weather. 
Let's hope we get some much-needed rain, but obviously not to the extreme point where we get flash flooding. So uh, hopefully it hits it hits that sweet spot. Yeah, I, I wish I could promise that. What, one of the things that uh, the storm has is a huge amount of what meteorologists call precipitable water. That's basically if you take all of the moisture in the atmosphere, if you were to able if you were able to just turn that into rain. Uh, some of the precipitable water quantities coming off of these of the climate models will be approaching you know all-time highs for the date and so there's a lot of moisture it's kind of highly anomalous or unusual quantities of moisture and because of the mechanisms with these storms they will have the ability to stay in place so i, th I do think that at least localized flash flooding is very likely somewhere in southern Minnesota. Uh, but, you know, let's hope that surrounding that, there, there's just a kind of general widespread soaking rain that could be quite beneficial uh, to at least start, you know, or help dent further uh, the ongoing drought conditions. Well, Kenny, always great chatting with you and uh, look forward to talking with you again early next week. Very good. Thanks, Jim. You have a good rest of your day. You as well, Kenny. This is Way Over Our Heads. It's a weather and climate podcast. I'm Jim Dubois. Kenny Blumenfeld's a climatologist. We'll see you next time. Checked in at uh, 